Well, look who it is. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, Portland is happening this weekend, my birthday, February 17th, one o'clock at the Sentinel. It's going to be great. Unfortunately, the tickets are sold out, but it is okay. Multitude will be having a meetup on Saturday night. If you want more information about that, just follow Potterless on Twitter. I'll be tweeting out the details. It's going to be a great time. I'll have merch. We'll get to hang out. We'll grab some beers. It'll be fantastic. So if you want more information on that and you want to see my face, just follow at PotterlessPot on Twitter. I'll tweet all the details and I look forward to seeing some of you in Portland. Also, since I've become more of a big podcast boy, I've had the opportunity to guest star on a lot of amazing shows. I talked about Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, on the universe according to Rex and Jonas. I was on Not Your Girlfriend's podcast where we talked about Harry Potter relationships and whether or not love potions are roofies. I was on Is This Adulting to talk about mental health and FOMO and all that kind of stuff. And I was also on No Bad Ideas to turn an incredibly ridiculous crime that was an awful idea into the inspiration behind a captivating story. If you want links to all of these podcasts, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com slash collaborations. They are all there. And also while you're there, check out the rest of the Potterless website. Kelly does an absolutely amazing job. There's so many fun things on the website. And again, that link is potterlesspodcast.com. And speaking of amazing things, we have new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Avahai Levy, Mia, Greddy Hollister, Megana Sianam, Franziska Goth, Vivian Minnick, Anna Lenz, Lauren Siebert, Lucas Ronning Sko, Sujaritha Sundarson, Amy Kokel, Michaela Grace, Thresia Zabala, Tom Vesters, Adam Obrey, Susanna Martina, Bethany Latier, Zachary Lichty, Jessica Turner, and Stanislaw Janowski. And a huge shout out to our newest producer level patrons, Pam Webb, Nikki Amio, Shamil Faisal, and Colleen King. They join the ranks of Leanne, Vicky, Aaron, Erica, Calvin, CD, Jesse, Natalie, Deborah Clow, Alex, Frank, Marchis, Motori, Samantha, Juan, Jenna, Kieran, Rebecca, Abid, Caitlin, Rosemarie, Jill, Marie, Lisa, Ariel, Romina, Kamel, Anthony, Russell, Dustin, Katie, Audra, Indiana, Eleanor, Sydney, Rossanne, Micah, Andrea, Nikita, Colette, Trina, Lala, Chelsea, Taylor, Lovekesh, Ali, Cassandra, Roxy, Amelia, Sean, Jeremiah, Sarah, Jesus, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Jessica, Natalie, Arna, Brandy, Melody, Kristen, Zach, Lisa, Tiago, Daisy, Jessica, Orca, Jonathan, Joe, Steve, Vivian, Samuel, Victoria, Takari, Darlene, Drake, James, Haley, Marino, Moster, Pinky, Hannah, Angelina, Ross, Marie, Peter, Maria, Phineas, Natalie, Victoria, Lee, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Cecily, Finn, Mosin, Grace, Sammy, Raul, Inga, Mari, Brienne, Heidi, Alexandra, John, Jen, Sefren, Dusty, Noel, Tao, Hala, Emily, Michael, Robin, Rebecca, Patricia, Jane, Will, Neil, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Vittorio, Sarah, Claire, Teal, Sina, Siljay, Desiree, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicad, William, Hallie, Veronica, Everly, Kevin, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Lucinda, Carlos, and Can't I Potter? Who never gets stuck in a middle seat on an airplane unless that's their thing. If you want to be like one of these incredible patrons and get access to bonus content, exclusive live streams, exclusive merchandise, my notes, you can go to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 64 of Potterless, guest starring Bayana Davis and Robin Ravenclaw of Wizard Team. another episode of Potterless, the tale of a 26-year-old man reading the Harry Potter series for the very first time. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that 26-year-old man, and I am joined by two lovely ladies, the co-hosts of Wizard Team from Black Girls Create, Bayana Davis and Robin Jordan. Ladies, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I am very good. I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to discuss these meaty chapters. Yes. There's I'm so stuff. nervous, but I'm, I'm excited too. <laughs> There's nothing to be nervous about. This is going to be great. We're just going to spit games. You don't You don't really know me. <laughs> okay. Wizard Team is a spoiler-heavy podcast for a reason. I'm the opposite. Because I don't have to feel bad about shouting out anything. 
So we are here to discuss chapters 11 and 12 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, and I say we just get right into it, starting off with chapter 11, The Bribe. Mm -hmm. So chapter 11 starts off, and two days have passed since the end of chapter 10, and there is still no sign of Creature. There are some hooded Death Eaters creeping outside of Grimald Place, but the squad thinks that they must not know that the three of them are inside of there, otherwise they would have sent Snape in after them. Also, though, oh, no. <laughs> It'll get to it. There's the future Death Eater oh, thing in the next chapter where they like, there's way more of them. But yeah. For now, it's just those people. No, just that Moody puts a tongue tie curse Something like us. that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that's exactly what happens next. Hermione thinks that Snape has already been inside of Grimald Place, but she thinks that he's been tongue-tied by Moody's jinx, so he can't tell anyone about it. Is that how the tongue-tied jinx works? I was kind of confused. I don't know, because I don't, I feel like maybe there's like more than one and there's like levels to it, it seems like. Okay. I thought it was the protean charm that Hermione uses. No, but that's different. That's like a message. No, thing. but remember it was when, whenever whoever told on them got the sneak oh, thing. Oh, what's her Well, face? I guess it's not the protean charm. Oh, that's not the protean charm. That's something else. That's the, I, Well, I figured it's the same kind of magical properties of that so yeah. i would think it doesn't matter where you're at if you've told true if you were a member of the order of the phoenix and a proclaimed member because that's how they do it with dumbledore's armies like once you wrote your name on that paper it kind of gave you a trace and then if you broke the vow or whatever i feel like it's similar to that but she's not clear about it okay yeah. Well, whatever it is, uh, <laughs> Hermione thinks that he's been in. Then the squad hears someone trying to enter Grimald Place, and they hear the Severus Snape jinx question happen, and the intruder replies with, it was not I who killed you, Albus, and the jinx is broken. Harry points his wand at whoever this intruder is, and it's Lupin. Or at least we think it's Lupin, because at first I was like, his whole like explanation of why he's Lupin is the most basic shit. He's like, hi, it's me, Remus Lupin, your old teacher that taught you expecto patronum. Your patronus is a stag. It was like the most like basic stuff. Yeah. Right. Like if someone read the Wikipedia article on Lupin, they would say these things. Yeah. And we've talked about that on our podcast before, like how the little like the security questions are sometimes like you could probably get that out of somebody before. Right. Uh -huh. Harry's Patronus, like you could probably, I don't think there are a lot of people who know that his Patronus is a stag at this point. Well, because he says it in the wizard gamut when they ask about it. And he does it during his OWLs as like a bonus point. Right. So mm -hmm. like enough people now have seen it that I feel like they would know. But I think the, the Patronus is usually, if it's not Harry Potter, a good question, like screener question, because, ooh, Nope, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're if you're like it's you don't see Patronus as a whole lot unless you trust people, them. Yeah, right. people don't, and you don't. Yeah, so people don't see your Patronus very often. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just I don't know. I just thought that Lupin could have said some more. Like Lupin could have said some more particular personal he information. He could have been like, I was the one that told you about how like your dad and the fire yeah or like i'm married to tonks because i don't know that anyone knows about the wedding i think they kept it on the dl right uh, i don't True. know it seems like it could have been better so at first i was like this isn't really lupin uh <laughs> but and i cannot be confirmed but uh it is lupin for all intents and purposes <laughs> so he comes in and uh oh no he does say that he's married tonks so maybe that's like supposed to be the one thing that isn't well known that's supposed to give it away, but I don't know. It still seems like he could have said something a little more personal. Mm -hmm. And he had time, too. Like, he knew he was coming. They never call them the Marauders, do they? Uh, like, it's the Marauders map, and, like, the fandom calls them the Marauders. 
But he does say like a werewolf known as Mooney. Yeah. Lupin being a werewolf is definitely something that's not super well known unless you were in his class. The biggest reason this confused me is that when he was interrogating Harry, he asked him the most specific question. He's like, what is the first creature that was on my desk when you came into my classroom? Like, whoa, even if that is real Harry, like Harry might not have fucking remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it Harry's seems like- Harry's not good at remembering things like that, but <laughs> somehow he got it right. I would suck so bad at these screening questions. <laughs> so, I would like, be dead. Would I'd be so be, dead. Like we would have to have agreed upon it. Like- <laughs> I don't know. We would have to do something specific. Well, so like there's a, I know Robin isn't into Naruto, but there's like a moment where there's something similar happens. um, And they like come up with this password and they're like, and it's this super long password. And they know that one of the characters is not going to get it right. Uh So then that's the way that they do it. So like when the person comes and is like, and gets the whole thing (gasps) right, disguised as like the person, then they know it's not him. I love it. So, like, they could do something like that. I would pass that, maybe. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> well, it was more than that. It was, like, a poem or, or something. It was, like, yeah. real, like, involved. They could do the Hogwarts uh, theme song, because who the hell knows that whole thing? Oh, right. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, Lupin confirms that the figures outside are Death Eaters, and he wants to tell the squad what went down at the wedding after they left. The squad then explains the whole Tottenham Court Road situation with the cafe and all of that to Lupin, and Lupin is confused about how the Death Eaters knew where Harry was so quickly. Hermione relays her theory to him that they think that the trace is still on him, and Lupin shoots it down, saying, nah, that doesn't really make sense. But then he doesn't really offer any sort of counter-argument, so it kind of leaves him in this weird limbo where he's like, no, it's definitely not that, and then doesn't say anything else. So it's like, well, then what is it, Lupin? Mm. <laughs> I also, like, I really hate the way the traces. We can't. Thought, Hold uh, up. No, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll just okay. make sure. It's, it's, still, it's a spoiler, so I'm I just want to, okay. I really cool. hate the way that the trace and, like, certain <laughs> things and that the ministry does is talked about as though like it's absolute because we know like the ministry has fallen mm-hmm. which i always think that that's like a really cool it's a dramatic way to phrase it right <laughs> it's very dramatic but the certainty in which lupin is like that's not it <laughs> <laughs> like, but it could be like, right yeah 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 they could have been like that's the rule keep the trace on harry like, <laughs> i don't know who like does that, but we also know that the trace isn't actually that specific. Because, no, it's like, like location based. Harry gets in trouble for doing magic because Dobby is nearby and does magic. So exactly. Anyway, they go on to ask Lupin what happened after they left. He says that Kingsley's warning was huge, and many people were able to disappear before any Death Eaters came. Hermione asks if the people that arrived were Death Eaters or Ministry members, and Lupin says it was a mix, but really at this point, it's kind of one and the same, because the Death Eaters have infiltrated the Ministry so much, it doesn't really matter if someone's from the Ministry. Yeah, and I want to point out too, just like, how easily that happened, and like, I feel like something we talk about a lot on our podcast is is like how the Ministry kind of has these systems in place that still are like anti-muggle and anti-muggle born and don't really like interrogate that Uh and so then when Voldemort comes like obviously it's way more extreme and everyone knows this is clearly like a Voldemort regime but like the ministry backing him also some of that stuff was already in place in like much less like overt ways you know yeah we we had a panel at LeakyCon called creating Voldemort in which we kind of talked about this too the fact that oh wait Uh hold on (laughs) (laughs) i love this (laughs) like honestly i don't know where things are like yeah yeah yeah. no they all mix into one i went back and reread the chapters not because i didn't remember what happened in them but because i needed to remember what did not happen in them yeah exactly (laughs) 
Yeah, someone actually today was they're writing an article about having podcasts with guests and they asked me, like, what do you do with your guests? I was like, well, I tell them to read the chapters for sure, but then to maybe look at the ones before and after <laughs> so they don't spoil stuff by accident. Yeah. But just continue with your okay. phenomenon. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> so Arthur heard a rumor that they tried to torture the whereabouts of Harry out of Scrimger before killing him. Mm. So the one, I guess, silver lining to Scrimger being the worst is that he didn't give up Harry. So yay? I don't know. I mean, he's a strong straight up Gryffindor so like shout out to him for staying true to his roots mm-hmm. but like it's sad but I mean bruh is a lion <laughs> it was like really heavy like handed. extreme body dysmorphia <laughs> I have magically made myself resemble a lion <laughs> I do think that it's nice that that happened but Scrimger also what we know about him is that he was the head of the law enforcement beforehand mm-hmm. and he was the minister and like that's honestly the least I mean, it's not the least you could do if you're being tortured, but like, <laughs> dang. But I mean, like, protecting Harry is like, that's his job. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, no one wants to be tortured or thinks that that's like an acceptable thing that happens, but it's also kind of the risk that you take in taking that job is that you're going to go up against like death eaters and bad people. Yeah. And so. It really sucks that that happened to you, but you did your job. Yeah, you can't like praise him too much. Like it is good, but it's also weird. It's kind of like the ending. I don't know if you saw the movie Three Billboards outside of uh, Ebbing, Missouri or whatever. It's kind of like that where like, it's like that guy sucks the whole movie. And then he does like, he's like, okay, I'm going to kill the bad guy. And then you're like, all right, I guess that's okay. But you still suck a lot. (laughs) A lot of like, ooh, can't do that either. We talked about this one character a lot and on our podcast and your mm-hmm. listeners who have read it will know what I'm talking about, which is like they do one good thing, but they do it for the wrong reason and then they do it poorly. Yeah, I'm assuming this is Snape. <laughs> like I'm assuming it's this is whatever the redeeming thing of Snape is, even though I've seen nothing good about him so far. But yeah, I think that's yeah. Ba- yeah. yeah. Basically, like he <laughs> does one thing. He does a good thing. Right. Yeah. We're not even sure if it is a good thing. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of the fandom believes it. I don't know. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. <laughs> right. He does he a does thing. A thing. <laughs> and it, it makes his character more interesting and more like three dimensional. But like mm-hmm. Sirius says, like the world is not split in between good people and Death Eaters. Like, yeah, that, that already happened. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's dead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Robin has a lot of feelings about Sirius. Oh, God. I have so many serious feelings. Um. <laughs> So it's similar to that for scripture, basically. Like mm-hmm. he he does a good thing at the end, or but that doesn't negate like the bad the crap he's done. that he put. Yeah, he put people through. For sure. So the Death Eaters searched the borough up and down and interrogated everybody, but only the order knew that Harry was actually at the wedding, and obviously they're not gonna tell. So Lupin says that they tore through the wedding, they hit every other order-related house, but there were no deaths. Thankfully, the squad asks about all the protective charms, and Lupin basically says that with the ministry on their side, they can just do a whole bunch of dark magic with no repercussions and just do whatever they need to to break down any sort of protective spell. It's also, like, similar to what we're going through right now where you can just be a Nazi. Like, that's fine now. Oh, yeah. Now it's just chill. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you can, can do the whole Twitter Tiki Torch bio. thing and totally it's not that cool. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, everyone's doing it. It's, you know, <laughs> put it on your gram. Do it for the vine. Whatever. Oh, jeez. The worst. <laughs> These books came out 20 years ago. We're still yeah, fighting Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, oh, and we're going to get into some Nazi shit later. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, Hermione asks if they have any sort of excuse 
for torturing people about the whereabouts of Harry, and Lupin shows them a Daily Prophet article that says that they want to question Harry about the death of Dumbledore since he was the only other person with him on top of the tower, which <gasps> is ridiculous, but not surprised. I mean, the Daily Prophet is like- High-class journalism. So trash. Oh, I mean, It's yeah. just like, what is happening? <laughs> Pulitzer after Pulitzer after Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm like, if I didn't read it in the Daily Prophet, didn't happen. Fake news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not it's too real. News. I cannot. I cannot. Hermione asks <laughs> if people know what's going on. And Lupin says that the takeover has been smooth and silent. Uh, the official version of Scrimger's death is that he resigned. And Pius, is it Pius thick, Thickness or is it Thickness? Because his last name looks like Thickness. Well, I think it's funny because when I was younger, I think I read it as Thickness. And then as I got older, I was like, but is it thick Nessie? Is it thickness? I always say pious thickness. Pious thickness. I don't think it's thickness, but I want to call him pious thickness. Yeah, same. <laughs> Why not? It's Archie Ameslow. Like, it is Archie Ameslow. Joe does what she wants. Yeah, that is true. It's her world. We're living in it. It's probably thickness. She probably saw someone with some like cakes and was like, I'm going to name. <laughs> <laughs> So, so pious thickness is in charge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and oh asks why Voldemort didn't just take over. Lupin says that it's more effective this way because people are beginning to question and suspect Voldemort, but they're in the minority and they're all quiet about it. They're not outspoken because they're not sure who to trust. And they're afraid that if they are outspoken about it, they might eventually get targeted by the Death Eaters. So it's this like really weird, smart way that actually makes the uprising against Voldemort not as strong. Right. Lupin then shows them that the Ministry is moving on Muggleborns too. The Ministry's justification is that when no proven wizarding ancestry exists, Muggleborns clearly must have obtained the magic by theft or force, which, what? But what? How would that even work? But also, <laughs> the greatest part about this is the only way that you could steal magic would be some magical-ass shit. <laughs> right? Right. But then also, so that's the thing, right? Is that it doesn't make sense at all, like mm -hmm. in any kind of thing. But that's like what racism is, right? Yeah, it's totally. Like some people decided like X hundred number of years ago that like this is the breakdown and these are the attributes assigned to them. And this is like why we're afraid of these people for this particular reason, except only not in this situation. And like it's so arbitrary and just made up and they can just say whatever they want. And because there's, like, fear behind it, people are like, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. They must have stolen the magic. Yeah. I think there's also a sense of, and, like, this comes a lot from, I was listening to a podcast about immigration and stuff like that. It's, like, people cutting their place in line. Oh, yeah. No one wants to feel like they got their place in line cut, even though if we break it down, it's, like. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And you cut in line, which is, like, you're, like. <laughs> You shouldn't even be on this continent. And the yeah. people that are moving freely have been, Hello. you made these arbitrary lines when you came over here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's moving the goalposts. It's moving the goalposts, exactly. And so it's like, I think it also speaks to that type of person, that type of wizard or witch who may not be like the best at magic or they may be middling but they went to school and like there's a muggle-born like hermione who's just killing the game mm -hmm. not that hermione's not working hard at it we see her working hard at it you know and like she cares a lot about it sure but then there are people like malfoy who's like well why am i not top 
I'm a pure black. Yeah. So then you can have these ignorant people that think, oh, clearly she must have stolen this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only explanation. Affirmative action. <laughs> she said affirmative action. That's what it is. It's like the backlash to affirmative action. I know, but I just, now I'm thinking of that, like, Maggie girl from Notre Dame or whatever. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> she, a Mich- University of Michigan girl that, like, sued about affirmative action, but, like, her her grades stunk. Oh. She didn't get into the University of Michigan, but then you see her grades and you're like, well, girl. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Do better. <laughs> Maybe study. It's not like you got a 5.0. Like. Yeah, read a book. Yikes. Uh, so, <laughs> what the ministry is doing is they're making Muggleborns present themselves via interview to clear their name with the Muggleborn Registration Commission, which is the most Nazi-sounding entity I've ever heard. Oh, absolutely. Like, that is... <laughs> that is some bullshit. <laughs> so, Ron is absolutely baffled. He wonders if pure and half-bloods can claim that Muggleborns are just part of their family. And he says that he'll tell everyone that Hermione is his cousin, which I think is pretty funny since he ends up marrying her. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that has not stopped the black oh, for years. True. That is true. Or the Gaunts. Yeah. And also, the Weasleys. <laughs> Let's be honest. How do you think the Weasleys still pure blood? Oh, my goodness. Mm, yeah. Uh, that was a weird thing that when someone said it to me, because obviously all the pure blood stuff brings up things of race. And then someone made it known to me when I was first reading and you have the whole black family tree thing. It's like a lot of these people do a whole lot of weird incest stuff. And it's like, oh, no. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Gross. But yeah. also like on brand. But also, ugh. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep the lines pure. Ugh, terrible. Hermione appreciates the sentiment, but she thinks it doesn't matter because they're going to be with Harry the whole time. And he's the most wanted man in the country, so I don't. it's really not going to make a difference. Right. Uh, Hermione asks about Hogwarts, and Lupin says that attendance is now mandatory for every witch and wizard, which seems crazy. Mm-hmm. Lupin admits that most British wizards went to Hogwarts anyway, but homeschooling or going abroad were always options before, and now it's mandatory. So basically, this allows Voldemort to keep watch on all the wizards from a young age, and it weeds out the Muggleborns because with the whole interview thing and all that going on, they're not going to be able to go to the school, basically. (sighs) It's all corrupt and it's all the worst. But there's also the, it took me a little bit and a couple of rereads to learn from that as well. It's like, there's the book of acceptance, which I don't know if she talks about, but that's how you know that there's a child with magical abilities who's accepted to Hogwarts. Yeah, it's like on Pottermore. Yeah, so there are these people like Hermione Granger, whose name is in this book. So they will get accepted to Hogwarts and under Voldemort's rule, get shunted off into the Muggle Registration Act mm. as 11-year-olds. Yep. So this is, wow, this is awful. God. Yeah. Like, we, in our on our podcast, where I was like, happy place, we're not going to, like, <laughs> well, we only go so far sometimes, but, like, this is, like, what's, what's happening, happening right, right, now right now at our borders. Yeah. Yep. Taking children away from their parents. Great. Mm-hmm. Separating them and then torturing and killing them. I mean, I hope we're, uh. we're not doing that. Oh, uh, yeah, please no. Please not. Yeah. Lupin then tells Harry that the order is under the impression that Dumbledore left him a mission, and Harry confirms. Lupin asks for Harry to confide in him what the mission is, and Harry refuses, which is good. Harry says, if Dumbledore didn't tell you, I don't think I can tell you. Mm-hmm. And Lupin then gives this sales pitch about coming along and protecting Harry, even if he doesn't know exactly what the mission is. Okay. No. So I No. Have... No, Bayana. No. I'm sorry. I just... No. I have... Because that... See this face she's making? This 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 pose is I'm about to break your heart into a bajillion pieces. <laughs> well no, I'm not yet. Not yet. Okay. Mm. I just wanna say I'm about to set up the 
heartbreak. No, I just want to say that I mean I have a lot of feelings about Remus in this chapter, and uh-huh. I was when I was reading it earlier, I was like, oh god, Oof. yeah. But like thinking about me when I was reading it the first time, I was all for this. Like I wanted him to go with them so bad. I was like, yes, Remus, and like also just because like I, I love him, but also like he's their teacher and like all the stuff. And I was like, this would be mm-hmm. fun. They have like an actual. And they adult. don't know anything, right? I'm like, they have an actual adult to like help them for once. So I, I get why it didn't happen, but I also don't like it. Yeah, so it gets a whole lot worse when Hermione then asks, what about Tonks? Mm-hmm. And Lupin says she'll be fine and safe at her parents' place. But they notice he sounds cold when he says it. So Hermione asks if everything's okay. And Lupin says yes. There's a big silence. And then he says Tonks is going to have a baby. And the whole squad is like, yay, oh my gosh, congrats, it's amazing. And he gives a smile that looks more like a grimace, according to the narrator. And Lupin then asks if they accept his offer. And Harry's unsure. Lupin says, James would have wanted me to stay with you. And Harry goes, quote, I'm pretty sure my father would have wanted to know why you aren't sticking with your own kid, actually. Which it's a read. It's very a read. good. I am glad he's doing this, but yeah, like Lupin just wants to abandon his wife and kid. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Lupin? No, honestly, it's self. Lupin has a lot of self hate, and Ugh. he just—it's a lot of internalized anti werewolf stuff. Yeah. And like, that's why I have so many feelings about it. He's been a werewolf his entire life. Yeah, he's been ostracized. Yeah, and separated from the world, and he's terrified. The way he goes about it is not great. Right. But but like his feelings are still valid, I guess. And it's just like, it's rough to see him in this moment because I think a lot of times throughout the books, we see him as like this voice of reason, especially in Prisoner of Azkaban and in Order of the Phoenix. Honestly, he's like the counter to Sirius. Mm-hmm. So, so we always see him in this, like he's the reasonable one, right? Mm-hmm. And like, we do get like glimpses of his self-hate, especially towards the end of Prisoner of Azkaban after he transforms yeah. on the school grounds and like just random things he'll say where you kind of get glimpses of him having these struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is like the moment where you really see him kind of like, have a meltdown he's just like i don't know what to do and i feel like i'm gonna put my family in danger so how about i go and like hang out with y'all and like at least that way he feels like he's maybe upholding the legacy of like his best friend and like doing something worthwhile and also keeping his family safe or something i don't know it's just like Mm -hmm. he's trying to be noble yeah and it's again it's very gryffindor but like sure just he uh, yeah i don't i just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can say. Ugh. Harry's right, though. Like, Harry is definitely right. Yes. yes. Harry is very right. And I love the narrator in this because right after Harry hits him with that amazing line, the narrator says, The temperature in the kitchen might have dropped 10 degrees, and Ron started staring around the room as if he had been bidden to memorize it, <laughs> which <laughs> are two amazing moments. Amazing. Ron doesn't want any problems. But it's also like, that is so. Ron. Oh, yeah. Where we're at right now in Wizard Team, we're still on Half-Blood Prince, and he's pretending to be asleep to avoid confrontation with Lavender. Which, same. Same, uh-huh. same, 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 same. <laughs> so, if Ron wasn't a Gryffindor, he would definitely be a Hufflepuff. Like, oh, yeah. Just like, oh, harmony! Yeah. Just get along. Everyone, let's be happy and sing songs! And <laughs> pretend like 
This is not happening. This isn't happening. Who wants ice cream? We should have. (laughs) (laughs) So Lupin says, you don't understand. Harry says, explain then. And Lupin says that marrying Tonks was a mistake and, quote, I've regretted it very much since. So here's my thought. So you you regretted marrying her ever since you married her. Then you go fuck her without a condom on? Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Come on. I literally had the same thought when I was reading it this time for this episode. I was like. But he doesn't regret marrying Tonks. He, it's the self-hate again. Like, he actually, he genuinely loves Tonks. Sure. He tried to separate himself. He did He did the whole Twilight. Run away for the. I gotta go. Yeah. yeah. Go away for a while. And I will also say that there's no evidence that the Wizarding World teaches comprehensive sex ed. Oh, uh, yeah. They don't have a sex ed professor. So they may not even have condoms, you know? That's just, like, not a thing. Where do wizards come from? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Magic. It also explains the Muggle Registration Act. (laughs) Where do wizards come from? Can't tell you. I just don't understand how he has all these regrets. And I don't know, dude, maybe don't have a... uh, It just... It, you don't just accidentally have a no. baby. You do, but I not mean. like, there's a lot of steps. <laughs> if you're going to freak out about bringing a werewolf child into the world, which he goes on for about two paragraphs doing, if this is in your brain, maybe don't boink tongs. No. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> oh, God. I've read oh, my goodness. like five fanfics in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Every time. The one that like, is like the main, like so we have a fanfic project, so that's how I realized that I've actually read more than this one fanfic. Uh-huh. It is called The Survivor. Um, it takes place after the first Wizarding War, so you can read it now and not spoil yourself. Okay. I don't know if you know the AU about Remus and Sirius being in love. Yes, Star Wolf or whatever it's Wolf called. Wolf Star, don't. Wolf Star. Sorry, I'm I'm used to the video game. Like, <laughs> Star Fox's enemy is Star Wolf. I mean, you can be <laughs> snide and whatever about a lot of things in this series. <laughs> but not the names of couples. <laughs> I actually don't care about most ships, I, and I actually don't. Even ship uh, Sirius and Remus, I I tugboat them is what I say. It's like they have a very strong <laughs> friendship. Okay, but okay. he kind of does the same thing where he Sirius gets thrown into prison, mm-hmm. and then he self sacrifices and like takes himself out of the Wizarding World completely and tries to go and live with Muggles, and it's very on brand. For the Remus that we know in these books. And I mean, and he does it in Half-Blood Prince as well. Like that whole time when Tonks is like going through it, it's because Remus has just like removed himself from the situation. And he's like, I'm going to hang out with the werewolves. And like, so he, that's just like the way that he copes, which is like not good. Yeah. But is what he does. Yeah. yeah, I just, I have a lot of Remus feelings. Yeah, this chapter made me sad because he was the one good marauder. And I was like, oh no, now he's not good either. <laughs> I mean, good. I, he's still good. I mean, and he's still good. He just is like per a human, you know? It just made me sad. Yeah, yeah. This, one, this just made me yeah. sad. So Harry goes on and the Harry hate train is not stopping. <sighs> he says, I see. So you're just going to dump her and the kid and run off with us, which I mean, when I was reading this, I was like, yes, Harry, yes, go get him, like, drag him. <laughs> Lupin then gets super pissed. He rants about how he turned Tonks into an outcast. He is convinced that the kid is going to be a werewolf, too. Harry then takes it a little bit too far, saying that he thinks 
thinks Lupin is only doing this to try to be a daredevil and be more like serious. Yikes. And then he goes on and says, I can't believe the person who taught me how to defend myself against Dementors is a coward. <sighs> he went too far. Yeah, it's a bit much. Lupin quick draws and attacks him. And but that's <laughs> like what happens when you're like fighting with family is you like go below the belt. Oh, for sure. And so it's one of those <laughs> things where like he knew that wasn't true, but like that's what yeah. he was feeling in that moment. So he just said it and he knew Remus was going to like forgive him. He knew it was like the thing that was going to hurt Remus mm-hmm. the most too. Exactly. I think especially because Remus comes at him with some, it's what James would have wanted. So he's already feeling like, I don't have parents, dude. Like that's yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> like I don't want that for anyone. I don't want your kid living in a cupboard under the stairs for 11 years. Like no one wants that. Yeah. Lupin is really pitching this argument to the worst possible person. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I'm going to talk about maybe abandoning my kid to the person who is an orphan. Like, uh, like know your audience, Lupin. <laughs> but Lupin hits him with some sort of spell really quickly that sends Harry flying across the kitchen. He slams against the back wall. And before anyone from the squad can try to get him to stay, Lupin leaves and slams the the door. Hermione then turns to Harry and says, how could you? And Harry goes, it was easy, which is phenomenal. <laughs> He's still super heated, but then he eventually calms down. He admits that he shouldn't have called him a coward, despite him acting like one. Then Harry says that he just hopes this will make Lupin go back to Tonks, which is true. And this is very much like a fighting with family thing. It's like you say something that you don't necessarily believe, but you're saying it to elicit some sort of reaction or something to do what you're trying to do. And Harry's just trying to get Lupin to be so pissed that he leaves, which happens. Also, all caps, Harry strikes again. True. <laughs> I mean, and petty Harry as well. And petty Harry, yes. Yeah. Man. Stand a petty queen. <laughs> Harry then angrily flips through a daily profit that was left on the table, and he comes across a picture of Dumbledore and his whole family. He notes that Kendra, the mother, reminds him of the photos of Native Americans he has seen. And this is my new headcanon, is that Dumbledore's mom is Native American, and now Dumbledore is some part of a tribe. I don't know what was going for here with that comparison. I forgot about this until I read it. I blacked out. I, like, completely forgot about that. It seems very out of left field. Yeah. It also is, like, very colonial, like... She's interesting because she, she looks, looks like different. I'm like Native American, they're in the middle of Britain. Shouldn't it be a gypsy, a Romany? Like, isn't that more? I think thinking, I think also thinking of this, like, or reading this after Magic in North America is kind of like, yikes. Yeah, you just, I want her to keep natives out her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> keep the names out your mouth. Oh, yeah, I haven't read her North America thing yet. Uh, is that a problem? Because she's not good. the best with race all the time. It's not good at all. So I don't know if she could tackle Native Americans very well. No. She doesn't. Ugh. She doesn't even really oh, try no. to, though. So, like, it's <laughs> that's, that's kind of problem. the problem. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I do think that this does, like you were saying, it does come out of left field because it's kind of like, okay, especially because she says it. And then you would think that, like, that would be then elaborated on. But it's not. It's just like, this is an aesthetic. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like she actually is Native American. It's just she looks like that. And so that's, and it's like, okay, yeah. but what does a Native American look like? Because there are a lot of them. Yeah. The genetics or. Yeah, it's weird. And it's weird because she doesn't describe anyone else like this, even the people who we can assume their nationality. Mm -hmm. Like she never says anything about Cho Chang's Asian heritage or the Patil's Indian heritage. She never really does this 
sort of description of what a character looks like, which I think is good in some regards. Like for Hermione, they really only say that she has frizzy hair. So in your brain, Hermione can be whatever. She could be white. She could be black. She could be anything because they don't explicitly say like Hermione, pasty white girl or whatever. They just say like frizzy hair, which is cool because then whoever's reading it can do whatever. So it's kind of weird to have a character introduced be like, oh yeah, by the way, she looks like a Native American. No one's ever been described this way in the entire series before. It was very strange. It really stood out for me. And I don't get why she did it. I think really what should have happened is if she was going to look Native American, then she needed to actually be Native American. And then that needed to be a thing like that is acknowledged. I think I think the only other times, though, that people are described is when they're not white. So like we know that Dean is black because they say he's black or she says he's black. Yeah. We know Lee is black because she says he's black. We know Angelina. We mm-hmm. know Blaze um, Kingsley. We know Cho is Asian because it's really because of her name. Yeah. And right. So, so it's like with Cho and, and, and the Patels, like it's because of their names. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting that in this situation, she would sort of explicitly say something, but not really. And like not enough to make us like rethink after all this time. Oh, maybe Dumbledore is like part Native American and like doesn't even go into like what tribe they may be from. But then also they're in Britain. So exactly. then like what's going on there it like opens up a whole can of worms uh-huh. for some really gross things. Mutual respect and kinship. Well, because, okay, so like Dumbledore is how old he's like, he had to have been born in the 1800s, right? Right. Just thinking about, and like I by far am not anywhere close to being an authority on like the history of Native American people, mm-hmm. but just thinking about that time frame and knowing that wizards live a long time. So like when was Kendra born? Like, when was she born? And then, like, was she brought here? Because then I'm thinking about, like, Pocahontas and other Native Americans who were brought to Europe just to, like, you know, look at, you know? So there's just, like, it gets... Like, circus freaks, kind of. Exactly. And just, or even just to, like, as, quote, like, wives or servants or whatever to, like, these people, putting that in there and then not, like elaborating but even the way that she is like i went to that page because yeah yeah. i pulled the book out just to read it (laughs) (laughs) yeah jet black hair pulled into a high bun her face had a carved quality about it dark eyes high cheekbone straight nose formally composed above a high neck silk gown and so i'm assuming this probably was taken in like the victorian era because they love the victorian era they love (laughs) to rehash it Mm -hmm. they love the fashion and the fashion is great sure but it makes me think a lot of like the forced assimilation Uh, yeah the pictures that you see a lot of native americans especially in textbooks like the ones that harry would have been seeing sure are of these like natives who have been forced to kind of westernize Mm -hmm. or the opposite super stereotypical like savage creatures like that's what we get at least in american history books so i'm I'm even more hesitant to see what they get in british history books i don't know it was interesting it was weird i didn't really get it (laughs) and then i think the biggest thing just wasn't touched upon that is like the best summary of jk rowling's race relations (laughs) (laughs) it is like of all of her writing all of her stuff like Uh extended canon and everything it was interesting it was weird i didn't get it (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's it uh hey past mike let me cut in for a sec real quick because it's time for wingardium madridosa (laughs) 
Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Tavor. Now let's say that you are living in America and you're over the age of 21 and you want to drink some beer, but you want to drink some nice, fancy beer and not one of those mega corporation beers that tastes awful and has been arguing about whether or not adding corn syrup in it makes it a good beer. No, you don't want to support the man and slash or drink that garbage sauce of a beer. You instead want to support independent breweries. Well, that's where Tavor comes in. It is an app for your phone that hooks you up with the coolest and craftiest beer from independent breweries around the world. With Tavor, you can have the best and rarest beer shipped right to your doorstep. And if you go to Tavor, download the app, and enter the promo code Potterless, you'll get $10 in credit after making your first purchase of $25 or more. I love Tavor because I very much enjoy stout beers, but I really enjoy having stout beers with funky tastes and stuff. So I can just go into the app and search for for stout beers and put anything that sounds interesting to my cart and then they deliver it to my door. If you don't know exactly what you want, they have featured beers. It is fantastic. And again, when you download the app, if you put in the promo code Potterless, either when it prompts you at the beginning or you touch those three little horizontal bars in the top left and go to promos, enter the code Potterless, you will get $10 in credit after you make your first purchase of $25 or more. And this is fantastic because the only thing better than great tasting beer is free beer. Again, download Tevor and use the code Potterless. You can get fancy drunk today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. Well, after that weird thing happens, uh, the article under the picture is an extract from the upcoming Rita Skeeter biography. And basically, it's just a slam piece against Kendra, saying that she hid Ariana, her daughter, because she was a squib and all this stuff. Honestly, reading the Rita Skeeter stuff makes me so mad that I don't like taking notes on it for the podcast. It just makes me so upset. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I don't I don't want to read a fiction novel about fake news. Like, I've got enough like real fake news in my life. I don't want to read fake, fake news. So I just blow through the Rita Skeeter section because it makes me so upset. But they're so great because they are so timely. Oh, so effective, but mm-hmm. uh, it hurts. But no, 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 but they're also just like so timely. Like the things that she gets wrong, like we had this whole diatribe because of our current fake news mm-hmm. and how they'll just like misspell things or get like grammar wrong. And you're like, don't you have spell check? Or post a picture of Patty LaBelle instead of Aretha Franklin. Oh, <laughs> right. Which is like Google. Yeah, come just on. A basic Google. And then they lie about it saying that, oh, she was in the photo. We cropped her out. She wasn't in that photo. No, no, no. But like Rita Skeeter does that stuff. Like yeah. where you're like a basic wizard Google mm-hmm. could let you know that all of this is false. Obviously, she's kind of a gossip columnist. She writes whatever she wants, but there isn't even a a wisp of fact check in anything that she does. Yeah, the only fact check in this entire two-page thing is basically that Bethilda Bagshot said that she tried to give her some sort of cauldron cakes when they moved in, and... Kendra didn't accept them and then this clearly means that she is hiding away her squib daughter in her basement because she never saw her actively doing magic outside like uh, it's that is the quote-unquote fact check is one person saying oh I baked her cakes and she didn't want them clearly this person is a monster I mean but yeah. who doesn't want a good cauldron cake I don't know the only experience <laughs> we have a cauldron cakes is the Romilda Vane love potion one so right. I don't really right. have high hopes no, for right. 
<laughs> you made some valid points. <laughs> the real ones are described, I believe it's like a chocolate cake with fire whiskey in the middle, and that sounds amazing. It sounds So great. give me a non-love potion version. Like, I always thought of them as like cowboy, you know, like the mug cakes that people make now? You put them in like one mug. So oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. I always thought of it like that. It's like a stovetop cake. I watch a lot of Great British Bake Off. Um, <laughs> but there's like the stovetop baking. Uh, so I always okay. thought of them like that. And that usually makes like a really gooey. Yeah, like molten. Yeah, and I want that yeah. so bad. Do they make those at the theme parks? Cause oh, they, they should. should make those at the theme park. They, they really should. I went to the one in LA, which I'm sorry. It's a sore spot between me and Bayana. She went without me. Mm. But I went for our friend's birthday. She went without me. But it wasn't for me. It was for Kate. You can hash out this argument on your podcast. Yes, yeah, on our own podcast. But they had like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see them. But they had butterbeer. They do have butterbeer. Butter yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm going in like the end of September, and I want to like actually take it all in because I went once when I was like reading book three, and I didn't take anything in. I went to the Florida one, and there is a specific like Hogshead Bar that I definitely went to, but I didn't realize it. And then on an episode of Potterless. I, I said, they really should make a hogshead. That would be super cool. And then a bunch of people on Twitter were like, yeah, there is one. And then they sent me pictures of it. And I was like, oh, I went there. It's very embarrassing. Yeah, there's one in LA too. There's the hogshead and the leaky cauldron. Yeah. Or no, there's the leaky cauldron. There's the three the, broomsticks and the hogshead for sure. I don't know what else they have at the Florida one. Is the hogshead like super grimy and like- I don't think it was. It was just glasses. like, they should do that. The reason yeah. that we went was my buddy Tim told me, oh, hey, they have one that serves real beer and they brew special beer only for the Hogshead or whatever. And I forgot the name of it because I hadn't gotten to the Hogshead yet. I was only on book three. But all of the beers like named after dragons or other Harry Potter stuff. Oh my God. They definitely have beer. And I think they also serve fire whiskey there, which I guess is just fireball or like Jack Daniels fire or something. Uh, but I want to go back. I got to go back. Hey, hey, it's editing. Like just a quick note here that I have since been to both Harry Potter worlds and I have had fire whiskey. And let me tell you, divine whenever i've made things i like fire whiskey and stuff i always use like fireball which is gross but yeah i try to use jack daniel's fire so i feel like less of a freshman in college because <laughs> that's all <laughs> fireball is to me but i will say even as a grown adult when people buy a round of shots and they say oh it's fireball i'm like oh good i can drink a liquid big red gum <laughs> i can do this right <laughs> yeah i can do that um, even though it has like gas or what is that stuff called like oh it, it has a trace of a chemical that is used in antifreeze yes. <laughs> what? but let's ignore that because it's better than if someone's like oh i I got you tequila shots like oh boy or someone's like i got you vodka shots like why <laughs> yeah, tequila shots means they're trying to get me arrested <laughs> they're trying to be dangerous <laughs> yeah okay uh, anyway rita skeeter yeah rita skeeter says some shit <laughs> yeah anyway harry potter welcome to wizard we recently did a, a survey from listeners and stuff and one of the feedback someone got was like make sure your guests talk a lot because sometimes you just recap the books and it's no fun so i love having big old tangents it's great it's what we're here for <laughs> We did a survey because we'll have like three hour episodes. And I'm like, do y'all enjoy this? And they're like, more. And we're like, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> people have asked for longer episodes, which I think at first I was like, oh, I don't want them to be longer than an hour. But now just by nature of these chapters being so dense, it's like, okay, I can either have an hour and a half to two hour episodes, or I can have a bunch of episodes where I'm like, well, here is covering the first fifth of chapter 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just going to happen. So anyway, this whole article from Rita Skeeter just makes Harry want to go to Godric's Hollow even more. But before Harry can process this even further, 
together, they hear a crack, and it's Creature and Mundungus Fletcher, which I am so much more of a fan of Creature than I was two chapters ago. And it only grows by the end of this chapter. So Hermione hits him with Expelliarmus. Ron tackles Mundungus, and Harry just struts over and points his wand at his nose in a big power move. And Mundungus, before Harry can even ask him anything, says, oh, I disapparated because I never signed up to be on that task in the first place. I didn't sign up to get killed. I don't care if nobody else did. You're all a bunch of heroes. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is one of the things we've talked about, too, is like, why was Mundungus in the order in the first place? Why? I don't know. At first, I was like, oh, he's the cool, quirky one that kind of has a bad past. No, but then no. you only learn bad things about him as it goes on. Do you watch, like, Daredevil or any of the Netflix Marvel shows? I watched the first three episodes of Daredevil, and the redhead dude that plays Buddy or whatever is a horrible actor. And I was like, why am I watching this show? This guy can't <laughs> act. So I stopped. <laughs> and then I haven't watched any of the other ones because that scarred me. <laughs> oh, no. There's a guy in those shows, but it's, it's also, he's just like the guy in like every crime procedural. He's like your informant that you go to and he's shady or whatever. Yeah. And you beat yeah, him up yeah. a little bit and you get the answers you need or you give him $20 and then you leave mm-hmm. and you do not count on him for anything because he's shady. It's like the Pontiac Bandit in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But you don't make him an order member. Yes, totally, totally. It'd be like, I've watched The Wire. Who's their guy that's like informant? Is this Bubbles? Yeah, Yeah, Bubbles. Bubbles. They use Bubbles wisely. They use him when they need him and they don't rely on him for key things. They use him for very minor intel. Because he's unreliable. (laughs) Exactly. He's addicted to drugs. He's addicted to drugs. All of the bad ones. It's not like Bubbles is just doing weeds. Like, no, Bubbles is doing meth and stuff. Like, this is bad. We can't trust Bubbles with important things. Bubbles is doing heroin. Yeah, Bubbles. You don't have the heroin addict in a key position No, when you're trying to escort the boy who lived. Yeah, Bubbles' tasks include, hi, where is this guy? And that's it. It's not like, hi, be for us on this major hit, which is what Mundungus was. Like, Mundungus was a key player in basically the scene in cop movies where they do the big raid or whatever. You're not going to rely on your drug dealer informant to do that, which I guess Mundungus could be because he's the guy that like does weird back alley deals with illegal cauldrons, blah, blah, blah. You don't put him in a crucial role because then he fucks shit up. Because he doesn't care about anything but Mundungus. Exactly. This is a vital flaw in the plan. It's just, it's one of the worst. I mean, you know, when McGonagall exists, even Aberforth is in the order. Uh, McGonagall's there. McGonagall set her ass on a wall (laughs) for Uh. hours and no one asked her. No one asked her. Uh. I will die on this hill. Oh, I love her. That was not brave. Uh, It wasn't admirable. It was just dumb. Didn't they say Mundungus came up with this idea? Did they? I don't know that they ever went into that further. I feel like that was the thing. I think they said Mundungus came up with at least the idea to do all of the seven Harry Potter. But that doesn't mean that, like, okay, good idea, Mundungus. That doesn't mean you have to bring him on it. Yeah. (laughs) Here's five newts. Go about your business. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Or I guess, like, technically, like, keep him at the borough or something so that he doesn't, like, say nothing. Right. Right. Give him a different task. Yeah. Yeah. Do, like, a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Hitchcock, and Scully thing where, like, all right, you wait in the van and (laughs) don't do anything. Yes. And then that'll be that. That is it. Mundungus should always be waiting in the van. Yeah. (laughs) Or the stroll or wherever. The hippogriff. Don't move. Stay here. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Harry says that they didn't want to ask him about this. They already know that he's an unreliable piece of scum. Harry starts to talk about the valuables. Mundungus calls it junk. And then Creature hits him in the face with a saucepan, which like, yeah, Creature, I like Creature. <laughs> so Harry tells Creature to stop. And then Creature says, perhaps just one more, Master Harry, for good luck. And I'm having an existential crisis because do I love Creature now? He's so good. He's the most. <laughs> He's like a super extra person, but then when he's on your side, that is funny. Yes. Whereas when he was doing the most not on your side, you wanted to murder him. So it's like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yes. The analogy that I have here, I play a lot of basketball. Hey, we're friends. <laughs> oh, nice. He's like Draymond Green. He's Draymond Green. If he's not on your team, you're like, fuck Draymond Green. I hate Draymond Green. He's the worst. I hate him so much. And when he's on your team, you're like, Draymond Green's the best. He's so integral. Without Draymond Green, we would be lost. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. He might also be Lance Stevenson. Oh, gosh. Why are you blowing in this dude's ear? (laughs) Also, get all the rebounds. I don't know. I love Lance so much. Oh, my God. Creature is Draymond Green. (laughs) (laughs) So they eventually press Mundungus about the locket. He says he gave it to someone snooping around, trying to get him in trouble for selling magical artifacts in Diagon Alley, and he reveals that it is, dun-dun-dun, Professor Umbridge. That bitch right there. Ugh, the worst. Before we move on to chapter 12, chapter 11 was called The Bribe. What was the bribe? Was there a bribe in this chapter or did I miss it? It's Umbridge who brought, uh, Mundungus bribes Umbridge with the locket. Oh, to get um, it. Instead of going to the ministry. But also you could kind of read it as like Lupin tries to bribe Harry. Yeah. To go on the adventure. Because my note here was that if it was the Lupin thing, it should have been called the elevator pitch or something. <laughs> <laughs> not not the bribe. Okay, that makes sense. I don't think that's a really, like, very good Harry Potter title. <laughs> no, not at all. It's not weirdly ominous or anything. Yeah. Uh, past my, wait a second, editing my here again. Remember in the last episode when Nathan said this? I wrote a battle rap from Harry's perspective against the guy who shows up at Grimald Place. To the tune of Story of Adidon, which is the Pusha T versus Drake rap, which is all about fatherhood. Well, not only did he make that incredible rap and send it my way, but upon listening to it, Kelly and I got very inspired to make a Lupin rebuttal to this diss track from Harry. So Kelly wrote a bunch of lyrics, I helped tweak them and add some more, and now I am very happy to present to you the story of Lupin Don, featuring the rebuttal of Lupin by Nathan Cox and Mike Schubert, with lyrical assistance from Kelly Beckman. Galleons. It's about to be a wolfsbane summer. You know we gotta cut the heads off these basilisks, right? Watch out, it's a full moon. The year seven student. The Gryffindor joint. Watch his body change. Voldemort aside, boy who lived aside. Tell my crew you're fully down to ride You knocked up Tonks and now you're about to up and leave aside You're a wolf, not a lion, that explains your lack of pride Don't have a baby boy if your ass isn't ready Even if he has your traits, you should still be there for Teddy Take it from me, I promise he'll be missing his paw Both your paws, did you read the wedding clause? For better or worse, what if your baby's in danger? You're getting schooled by Potter, you got fooled by Granger. With the fake wolf howl, you went running down the hill. Now you running still for a selfish thrill. 
You're transformed into a father with these arcane bars. Come catch a few from your boy with the lightning scar. Without you, our crew will get overpowered. I'd rather we be overpowered than keep a deadbeat coward. So just tuck your tail, Remus, run your ass back home. Me, Hermione, and Ron will finish this mission alone. And keep my father's name out your mouth. Take care of that baby, Remus. Y'all don't fuck with the parcel tongue on the track. Yuck. Alright, alright, alright. Where's my wolf pack at? Yeah, cause it's about to be a pot of slaughter. Alright, Harry. Just sit right down. Let me tell you what's up. Look, I just want to help. I don't need your shit, Harry. Is it a full moon? Cause it's about to get scary. I'm a werewolf, son. I've heard it all before. I know who I am, a lion-hearted Gryffindor. You don't know the truth of our tragic love story. I'm not serious or James. I'm not out here seeking glory. I've condemned them to poverty, a life of inequality, a robbery, atrocity. And now, to be fatherly, the best thing I can do is to leave them alone. By protecting you, I protect them and I can atone. In Dumbledore, I trust. He left you with the task. And bringing down you-know-who is the only way peace will last. I'm double your age and triple your wisdom. So swallow your pride and let's get shit done. Calling me selfish? Just shows your ignorance Say I'm a coward again and you'll see belligerence I watch you slack off and almost fail all your classes You and Ron should be thankful Hermione's saving your asses Your squad? I have expertise that it's clear they lack What you gonna do against Fenrir Greyback? When you face Death Eaters? Who do you think you're harming? In school for six years and all you know is disarming? Dumbledore gave you this mission But you're not that skilled Don't think you're hot shit just cause you didn't get killed Oh boy, what a rap. You could go as far to say that. It slaps! With the addition of this rap, plus the recording with Bayana and Robin going much longer than I had anticipated, that is going to be the conclusion of this episode, but we will pick it up with the two of them next week to discuss Chapter 12 of Deathly Hallows. But thank you so much for listening, and until then, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they drop some hot fire in the form of a diss track, Wizard on! If you want to see behind-the-scenes stuff for Potterless but don't have the funds to support the Patreon right now, you should go to Instagram.com slash Podcast. Whether it's through posts or stories, I'm usually posting fun little behind-the-scenes type things, and it's a great place to see me be silly and obnoxious on the internet. Potterless was created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert, as well as Leon Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Sadie Baird, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Deborah Wilkins, Klaus Serlopu, Alex Stark, Rebecca Edemick, Frank Chioto, Marchismo, Tori Larsic, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Janet Dowsett, Kieran Webb, Abita Med, Kaylin Jordan Pontolo, Rosemary Dodge, Jill Boulay, Marie Lisa C. Keen, Ariel Bird, Romina Rivadanera, Pinky Pan, Camille Doc, Anthony Bonarigo, Russell Dunk, Dustin Molin Cooch, Katie Rogers, Audra Indiana Mercer, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Rossane Batamana, Micah Cole, Andrea Franz, Nikita Power, Colette Smith, Trina Unadcat, Lala Palmer, Chelsea Green, Taylor Armstead, Love Cash Longer, Ali Madsen, Cassandra Aponte, Roxy Chaos, Amelia Krauss, Sean Montag, Jeremiah E. Hurd, Sarah Nink, Jesus J. Morales, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Pulido, Jessica Ann, Natalie Jung, Arna Goodna Daughter, Brandy Baldonado, Melody McGinnis, Kristen Chavez, Zach Ross, Klein, Elisa Figueroa, T. Diego Costa, Daisy Carrot and Sutter, Jessica Jacob, Orchid Grower, Jonathan Fouad, Joe Harrison, Isabel, Steve Trelor, Vivian Santos, Samuel Minor, Victoria, Renee, Elena, Takaria, Ront, Darlene Ruiz, Drake Perez, James Stepp, Healy Hastings, Marino, Moster, Hannah Shepard, Angelina Withred, Ross Marie Heisa, Peter Bemis, Maria Vega, Phineas Ebner, Natalie Lozano, Hermione Hoff, Victoria Julian Lee, Ganji Singh, Alex Bisholta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Cecily Togball, Finn Stuckey, Mosin Siddiqui, Grace Riggle, Sammy Crazy Arul, Pineda, Ingan Oddstotter, Mary Wynn, Brian Wingate, Heidi Stoll, Alexandra Consulver, John Kotker, Jen and Juice, Sephirin Baez, Dusty Nickerim, Noel. 
Manuel Basilei, Tao, Hala O'Keefe, Emily Tyrell, Michael Russell, Robin Fernandez, Rebecca Shumway, Patricia Colon, Aaron Rapp, Jane Lance, Will Barrington, Neil Fournier, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Vittoria Nicoletta, Saren Enslin, Claire Spencer, Teal, Cena Schutzberg, Silje Brunstad, Rod Monsony, Desiree Korf, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donovan, Alicat 29, William Byford, Hallie Bowen, Linnea Sievert, Veronica Bartova, Everly Kindred, Lada B, Noah, Tracy Toya, Lucinda, Carlos Nino, Pam Webb, Nikki Amio, Shamil Faisal, Colleen King, and Can't I Potter? Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campomanis. If you want to find us on social media, you can go to Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Potterless Pod, Instagram.com slash Potterless Podcast, or Reddit.com slash R slash Potterless. For any and all information about the show, you can go to PotterlessPodcast.com, and for bonus content, go to Patreon.com slash Potterless. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on!